what a strange story that is. I mean, imagine that you have a new baby, and one day, out of the blue, some rich foreigners show up banging on your door, wanting to give your baby some gifts. That's a little creepy, don't you think? And then on top of that, why in the world would wise men from Orient R, which could be anywhere east of Israel, like Iran or Iraq or India or China, why would they traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star, hundreds, maybe thousands of miles to find the one who has been born king of the Jews? That doesn't sound very wise to me. They aren't Jewish. What do they care who the king of the Jews is? Because the Jews certainly didn't care about them. As far as the Jews were concerned, no matter how wise those guys were, they were still non-Jewish Gentiles, unclean, uncircumcised, unwashed, outcast, and excluded from God's family. I mean, let them go find their own God. Well, let the record show that though that may have been the attitude of most Jewish people back then, it was not the attitude of God, not then and certainly not now. You see, just because God spent several thousand years concentrating on his relationship with one particular people doesn't mean that he didn't love and doesn't love the rest of the world. God's plan from the moment the first humans rejected his advice and traded paradise for a piece of fruit was to bring all of humanity into his family. But no matter how hard God tried, we wouldn't listen. We made him out to be the bad guy for kicking us out of the garden. We blamed him for being so picky, and we blamed the women because they were the ones who ate the fruit first. When humanity as a whole blew him off, God narrowed his aim and focused on one guy, Abraham. Because that one guy, Abraham, did what nobody else on earth would do, and that is pay attention. And because he paid attention, God began a friendship with him that brought blessings of peace and protection and provision as Abraham made time in his life to be with God, to listen, to look, to learn from him, and to do what he said. That friendship and all of those blessings sloshed over from Abraham to his wife, Sarah, and then from them over to their son, Isaac, and then to his wife, Rebekah, and to their son, Jacob, and his wives and children and all of his descendants as they wandered around the Middle East until God made them a great nation, Israel. God's plan was to have such an amazing relationship with Abraham's family and to bless them so much that everybody else would see it and want to be in that same family. The problem was, once Israel got God and all the blessings that came with him, they forgot that those blessings were for everyone and not just for themselves. For several hundred years, Jews pretty much told the world, the Lord is our shepherd and you can't have him. And even though your gods are nothing and you are nothing without our God, we're not going to share him with him because you might mess him up. You might not worship him right. You might not understand him correctly. You might not be like we are. That was the Jewish attitude at the time that Jesus was born. But it was not God's attitude, which is why Jesus was born. God so loved the world, Jew and Gentile, 
that he gave his only son so that everyone, Jew and Gentile, could be in his family. But somehow, that message got lost. Somewhere, sometimes, somebody misplaced the memo. So God did a new thing. Instead of shouting from heaven, I love you and I want you in my family, he came to earth as a human being to tell us and to show us in person. And because he didn't want anybody to miss the memo this time, he put a star in the sky for everyone to see. Everyone, Jew and Gentile. And if they paid attention and followed the star, whether they were Jewish or Gentile, they would find Jesus the Savior of the world. The whole world. Well, everybody saw the star, and crowds flocked to Jesus. Well, maybe not crowds. And flocked is not really accurate either. But you know those, those very few wise men who did come to see him? They were really excited, and they brought some great gifts. Gold and incense and perfume. And because they brought three gifts, that's where we get the tradition of three wise men. And because the gifts were so expensive, that's where we get the tradition that they may have been kings. The Bible really doesn't say how many of them there were, or what color they were, or what their position in life was. But no matter how many of them there were, or what they did for a living, you have to wonder, why would foreign Gentile wise men follow yonder star hundreds of miles to try to find the king of the Jews. It's because God gave them an epiphany. And that's what today is all about. An epiphany is a manifestation, a revelation, a showing. It's an aha when the pieces fall into place and we see something we never noticed before. When the wise men saw the star, they had an epiphany. They realized this means something. This means something. And as they thought about it and studied it and talked about it and maybe even prayed about it, the Holy Spirit, whom they probably didn't even know existed, prompted them to do something about it. So they climbed on their camels. They traversed a far field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star.